0: I had to swim about four or five meters away from it because the boat was rocking Mm. and it was splashing waves um, to me. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford.
1: Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is uh, is Sam Penny. And Sam, you just recently attempted the, the first crossing of the English Channel in the European winter. So uh, I, I saw some of the details of your swim and it's something that just scares the living daylights out of me. So I wouldn't want to go anywhere near it. So uh, I'll let you explain the details of the swim, but uh, basically something that uh, would be ridiculous uh, if you achieved it, I think just just so crazy. So uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast and I uh, look forward to hearing uh, more about the swim.
0: Yeah, i <laughs> tell you what one uh, hell of an experience. Uh, so many things that went into this swim. Uh, basically, I just I wanted to see if it was possible to swim swim the English Channel in there uh, during their winter. Uh, nobody had ever attempted it, and thought I'd give it a crack. And the reason I gave it a crack was because I would analysed the the daily water temperatures for about the last ten eleven years, uh, and at the start of December it should be around twelve and a half degrees. Uh, you know, people swimming North Channel are swimming in about thirteen degrees. I swam a ice mile uh, back in July uh, in the snowy mountains here in Australia. Uh, and so I've done a lot of cold water acclimatization this year and also last year as well. I swam the English Channel August 2018. So I've got that under my belt. Uh, a new coach this year so really built up my fitness, my speed. Uh, so everything was basically coming together to suggest that this was going to be a possible and a real doable swim. Uh, and so it was, I think it was the de- 4th of December that uh, we finally had a break in the weather. So let me set you set the scene. Flew into uh, London on about the 1st of December on Sunday in the middle of a UK typical cold snap. It was bloody freezing. Uh Every day was hitting a high of only about one degree, two degrees. <laughs> uh, and I saw an opening and my team uh, with our support boat, we saw an opening coming up on the 3rd and the 4th of December. So I had basically two days to get over my jet lag. Uh, the, when I say that we saw an opening, the only opening was a lull in the wind uh, because it doesn't matter so really what the air temperatures are We were looking for some calm conditions. And December in the UK is notoriously just really windy. But uh, on on the third and the fourth, the wind died right down to about uh, about 10, 15 kilometers an hour. Uh, And we thought, we'll leave it for the Tuesday, which was the third of December, and we'll go on the fourth, the Wednesday. So, uh, wake up uh, early, early at about, 2 a.m. on on the 4th of December, uh, the air temperature was about 6 degrees, was about which was the warmest i had had in the previous four days, uh, and a balmy 6 degrees at that, and we went down uh, to the boat. Uh, now, the water temp, when I arrived in London, was 12.5 degrees on Sunday. By Wednesday, it had dropped to 10 degrees. And so just a massive shift, a massive drop in that water temperature. And even though, you know, it's only two degrees, doesn't sound that much. When we're talking temperatures from 12 to 10 degrees, 12 and a half degrees, it's massive. It's massive. Uh, and it really sort of, uh, yeah, can can make things deteriorate quite fast if you're not ready for it. Um but even though the water temps were 10, and a half, uh, 10 degrees, 10 and a half degrees, we just thought, you know what, we really need to try this swim. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen at 12 and a half because, let's face it, nobody had ever attempted to do this swim before. So, regardless of whether it was 10 degrees or 12 and a half, nobody knew. So, we just thought, bugger it, you know, sort of, we have to take this opportunity to swim at 10 degrees um, because the weather was going to close out again. Um, you know, the wind forecast over the next two days was about 100 k's an hour. So we had to go there and then. Um, we motored out of the harbour at Dover in the UK. And as soon as we got out of the harbour, all of a sudden the boat started rocking. And it was actually really rough. Um, it was just – it was ridiculous. Um, and I just said to Tim Denyer, my head support guy, uh Tim, is it going to be this rough out there? And I thought it just might have been, uh, just what it's like at the um, at the mouth of the harbour. But then all of a sudden, you know, Tim just goes, "Gee, I, I wasn't expecting it to be this rough."
1: It's <laughs> and, not what you want to hear.
0: <laughs> and just, oh my god! Uh, but then, uh, but it's one of those things, you know. So sort of, I've always said that, yeah, you, you can only control. Uh, certain things and you take full control over what you can control and I can control my fitness my cold water acclimatization, and my nutrition but I can't control the environment I can't control how how rough the, the waters were so we got to uh, Shakespeare Beach which is only about ten, um, 10 minutes motor from Dover uh, and i would had to spend pretty much all of that ten minutes stripped down to my speedos uh So that I can get ready for the swim, I had to get one of the guys to put on all my channel grease under my arms and around my neck, but also we had to put on channel grease on vital organs like where my kidneys are a lot on the back of my neck, just to protect myself from the really cold air uh, and so here I am standing for the ten minutes in at you know this is at this stage it 's four a m it 's dark. Oh. Uh, we're motoring. It's windy. It's bloody cold, and I'm in my speedos and my swimming cap, cap, and my goggles. They're all in ski jackets and ski pants. Uh, yeah, and we finally got to Shakespeare Beach, and yeah, it was a you know, adios, boys, and jumped overboard. Uh, now the water at ten degrees. I think because I had so much adrenaline just pumping through me, I jumped in and it felt fine. Uh, I'd spent the previous two days at Dover Harbour swimming in in the water, really uh, acclimatizing as best I could, uh, and it was perfect. And I sort of, hopped in, and you know, the first thing that went into my mind was, "Oh, this is actually quite pleasant." Uh, <laughs> swam swam to uh, the shore, so the boat parks about uh, 100 150 metres uh, off the beach. Um, you have to swim ashore clear the water, uh, and then when the siren sounds on the boat, that basically signals the start of your swim. So I stood there looking out into the dark, I was wet, um, there's a breeze going, I'm only in my speedos, and I'm looking out, it's winter. And at that moment, I just recognized that not one single person on this planet had ever stood where I was at that particular moment and it was the most amazing feeling and then the siren went on the boat and as soon as that siren went I let out this massive woohoo and strode into the water and started swimming and with the most surreal feeling of no person has gone before me to do this. Uh, We had no idea what was going to come. We didn't know how this how this swim was going to pan out but it was such at that moment such a beautiful experience um yeah so from there uh i swam out to the boat uh and then the boat starts to motor and i swim next to the boat usually uh last year when i swam the channel i swam very close to the boat but this year because it was so rough i had to swim about four or five meters away from it because the boat was rocking Mm-hmm. And it was splashing waves um, to me, so I'm trying to swim out through chop uh, and and swell. Meanwhile, the boat's pushing waves onto me. It's dark. The side of the boat is dark, so I can't actually see the boat. Um, and on the boat, there's a big spotlight that shines down on me, so I am basically blinded. And This all made it very difficult because I can't see the waves coming. And in choppy water, I'm really good. I never swallow water. But when you actually can't see the waves that are about to wash over your face, uh, it's a completely different story. Um, Yeah. So now I feed every 30 minutes. uh, And so basically going from feed to feed to feed. I've spent the, uh, all of this year uh, basically on my long swims, my sort of four and six-hour swims, training myself to completely shut my mind down. Uh, and it's almost, I guess, you know, a lot of people refer to, you know, the ultimate meditation. And I don't do uh, meditation probably because I do uh, all my opens, open water swimming. Uh, but I was shutting my mind off uh so that I could get feed to feed, I didn't feel the cold at all. Uh, but the time between each feed, it only felt like about five ten minutes. It was absolutely fantastic. Hmm. So we're going feed to feed. I was in such a great mental place. Uh, I didn't feel cold. You know, the only sort of real coldness I felt was perhaps sort of my face. You know, my face feeling a little bit numb. Um, and but apart from that. Uh, It was great. It was great. Um, Now, the air temp still at 6 degrees and at 10 degrees was slowly, slowly starting to seep in. Uh, Got to the three-hour feed, still feeling great, but about 10 minutes after that, all of a sudden, uh, I just started to, to basically implode. I fell into this massive hole, and this is where the hypothermia really started to set in very fast. And in the space of 10 minutes, I went from feeling absolutely amazing to every single muscle in my arms seizing up. And I was swimming with claws. Uh, I just could not, um, I couldn't do anything. Um, I was starting to, from the rough water, starting to get these sort of baby vomits um, happening. Um, The sun the sun had just started to uh, to peek up over the horizon, and it was and I was starting to feel quite disoriented. Um, orientated. Uh, the sun rose from where I wasn't expecting it to. So I'd spent the the previous half an hour of twilight trying to work out what this orange glow was on the horizon, and it <laughs> it I just couldn't I just couldn't work work this out. And then that last ten minutes, I realised you know, that things were starting to go, turn sour. Um, I was starting to get very heavy in the water. I I also felt like I was um, beginning to drown, and uh, and I stopped, and I just said to um, Tim on the boat, Tim, I feel shit, uh, and I wanted to make this call whilst I was still lucid, whilst I yeah. still was in the mental position to make the call, and he goes, do you want to cut it? Yeah we're cutting it so um, we called we called the swim there and then um, you know we, I could have soldiered on for more but at that stage I had a, a good eight hours or so left of swimming um, you know could have gotten to four you know maybe five but by doing that um, I would have put myself at much greater risk uh, the risk of swimming with hypothermia you know can be you know can be fatal yeah. um, and for the guys you know for the guys on the boat it was more important to make the call um, there and then and we did I swam around to the duckboard at the, the back of the boat and started to climb up the ladder but because my hands had all seized up my arms had seized up I actually couldn't hold on to the ladder and I got halfway up the ladder and fell back into the sea. Uh, And it freaked everybody out on the boat because they just had visions that they were going to have to actually dive in (laughs) and save me. And not one of them wanted to touch the water because it was bloody cold. Uh, And so I swam back to the boat uh, and got a couple of rungs up the ladder. And one of the other guys, Matt, this massive burly bloke, just grabbed me by the back of my speedos and hooked me up onto onto the boat. Gave me the world's biggest wedgie, <laughs> and, and I hopped up on the boat. My, you know, like I said, my arms were all seized up, my hands couldn't work, and so I couldn't pick my wedgie out. <laughs> uh, they got me, they got me into my uh, tracksuit pants, a massive deck jacket, uh, and you know, started, you know, just trying to warm me up, and I. Had to live with this uh, wedgie for about the next 40 minutes until we get back. Got back to to Dover Harbour. Um, just uh, make
1: that the cover of your DVD if they make a video of it. <laughs> if anyone got a photo,
0: <laughs> thankfully no one took a photo because they were a bit more <laughs> concerned than uh, <laughs> taking happy snaps. Uh, it was. But I tell you what, it was. Um, it was a great experience, and uh, I've sp- been able to spend a lot of time reflecting on this swim. And, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people sort of, you know, say you're crazy and you're mad. But, you know, a, a lot of work went into this swim. Uh, and I certainly put in put in the effort to make this a possible swim at 12 and a half degrees. I definitely believe that I could have come extremely close to making it. But I think just, you know, being down at 10 was obviously just too much. Um, but I see this swim as a really achievable swim, and I think that person who cracks a winter channel crossing, um, you know, hats off to them. It's going to be an absolutely remarkable feat, and whether that's me, I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I'm certainly keen to um, to continue my cold training, continue my open water training, uh, but also, you know, share my experience with it because I really. I really want to see someone give this a crack. This, I believe, is really a new frontier, uh, particularly with the English Channel. Um, yeah, cracking this in winter, is, it's going to be a remarkable feat.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think by, I mean, a lot of people will listen to this podcast and, and see this video and uh, and it will probably put it into the minds of, of quite a few people. Um, and it's good that you're not, you're obviously not, possessive of this is I, I need to get this first. Um, I need to be the one that cracks it. And obviously, you know, you want that to happen. But um, for someone to to do the swim and I think it will, you know, maybe whatever it takes, five, ten years, certainly someone will will get there because it seems like open water swimming's really just exploded over the last couple of years and and people are attempting bigger, crazier swims, obviously Sarah's four-way crossing and um, a number of other swims out there that people are starting to do. And it's, um, I, I love it. I love that open water swimming's really taken off like it has and uh, and so many more people are, are doing it. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned uh, about your experience there that I wanna go into. The first one is uh, shutting your mind off. What what do you do, what do you focus on or what don't you focus on in order to do yeah. that? What's your strategy? Uh,
0: well, uh my 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 strategy uh, when I go out swimming is that i um I count um, so I count to ten so I basically count my breaths you know one, two, three, and count that. Uh, at the same time, you know when you wake up and you've got that crappy song in your in your head, uh, I usually and I'm horrible with lyrics, so I know half a line of <laughs> a really crappy song. And so I'm counting to 10 and also have that going in my mind. Um, But by just simply doing that doesn't allow my mind to think about anything else. So it doesn't let you think about how uncomfortable you are, how sore you are, how cold it is, how bored you are, or anything like that. Um, It really focuses your mind. Now, last um, when I did that uh, winter channel attempt, um because the water was so rough i was wasn't able to get into a rhythm and because of that i wasn't able to get into my routine of counting to 10 uh but because i have done it so much and practiced so much of closing my mind off i was then able to um i, I guess adapt my mind to the situation and just completely shut it down
1: hmm. it's i found that when i was i was training for the Rottenness channel my long swims are typically done with a with a friend of mine and we'd go down to Half Moon Bay here in Melbourne and just do our long swims whatever it might be like we started with 6k's and eventually built up to I think it was about 18k's on the last one and especially on those those really nice mornings and it's obviously easier to uh, shut your mind down when it's nice conditions and the sun's out and everything but especially on those nice mornings where we'd be swimming next to each other and it's you just get into this rhythm where we're basically going next to each other stroke for stroke and I'd be singing different songs in my head or just counting the breaths or counting the strokes. And it's just like, you come out of that, of a couple hours of swimming and your mind is just like, everything's at peace and you can just see things so clearly. It's, It's such a great feeling. And yeah, you can get that so many ways, but I think open water swimming because it's that slight sensory deprivation being in the water. You, you can really um, feel that a lot more than than in some other other sports and it's uh, I, I love it and that's why I haven't done many long swims lately but I'm looking forward to getting back into that that sort of mode because it's so good just like mentally it's great but obviously the physical the, the feeling you get as well just it, it releases all those chemicals that feel so good afterwards that um, yeah know I I can see why you're such a happy person all the time it seems like <laughs> doing all that all that long swimming
0: yeah it's um it's absolutely fantastic, and being able to get into the ocean um, allows you to do it. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot more difficult uh, in a pool to do it because you, you know, you're you counting laps. You, you've got your tumble turns, which really sort of interrupt your rhythm. But um, you know, with with open water, getting into an ocean or a lake or you know rivers, um, you do get that longer stretch um, where you can, you know, sort of really get into the zone. Um, as people refer it. Uh, And, you know, I'm lucky I'm here on the Sunshine Coast um, and, you know, regardless of what the, you know, how rough the water is, I go out, uh, you know, because, you know, with open water swimming, you know, if it's, say, you know, for example, Rottnest or even the English Channel, you always have to prepare for for the worst, prepare yourself for the worst and, you know, hope for the best. Mm. Uh, And so I go out, um, regardless of what it is. So if I've, if it's Saturday and I've got to go out and do four hour swim Saturday, I go out regardless of how rough it's going to be. Uh, it's just, you know, what you have to do. But, um, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more you enjoy it. And, you know, even, even the rough weather swimming, you start to enjoy that sort of stuff. It's more of a challenge and you feel, um, certainly invigorated, Mm -hmm. uh, but you feel like you've accomplished a lot more than if it was just a, a really flat lake swim.
1: Oh, definitely. We The last open water swim that that um, Lissandra and I did before the channel was, uh, it was like, I don't know, 40, 50 kilometer an hour winds and it was choppy. It was just, and it was cold as well. And we didn't do what we did intended in terms of the the time because uh, I, you know, I, just, I, can't, I, I struggle in the cold, but we still, we went out there, we're like, well, we're here we we're going to do it we we're fine we'll be safe out there let's just get in there and do it and you know you come out of that and it's it's one of those things that sucks at the time but boy you know, afterwards you go that was actually pretty pretty good and you know it's uh it, it's it's something that is is certainly um good, yeah good it's good to have those challenges because it makes everything else in life seem a little bit easier as well and yeah. um it, it's good to it's good to suffer in those ways you know it's uh, there's a guy there's a guy who makes uh, documentaries mostly on running and kind of kayaking he's a guy called bo miles and i came across some of his videos a couple of weeks ago and he's he's got this attitude for pretty similar to you actually uh, this attitude where he's he just revels in the in the in the struggle and he's yeah you know, he's, he's running these marathons and all this sort of stuff and um he, he loves going out exploring and just being out in nature and he's just like you know, he's run 30ks he's got chafe on his legs and his back and from having a backpack on and he's just like yeah yeah it's just part of it and uh yeah it, it sucks but how good is this we get to be outdoors i get to go exploring and he's really looking on the bright side of things and it seems like that's something that you're able to to do well is look on the at the positives uh even in a in a situation which could have a lot of negatives what's your uh, is that something that you've always had in terms of your, your personality and the way you go about things
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Look, you know, getting out uh, open water swimming. Every swim is different. Uh, You've got different sea life. The conditions are different. Everyone, it's it's basically you know. For me, I look at it as a new adventure. Um, You know, I've done a lot of um, cool stuff in my life, and I always look for, uh, I guess, new things to do and new adventures. You know, just to make it, it it exciting and. Um, the more you do it, the more uh, you enjoy being uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, you know, I recently were up at Noosa and we went out swimming there, and it was seriously the most beautiful day. It was crystal clear. We saw turtles, um, got too close to some to some rocks, um, the sea snakes, the stingrays, um, a, you know, a thousand fish. Uh, and then, so the next weekend I was at Malolol and it was all cloudy and murky. But you know, only forty kilometres apart, but just two completely different swims. And rather than you know, when you're in the pool, it's the same pool and it's the same conditions and it's the same temperature. But when you're out in in the ocean, every single swim is different. It's a new adventure. And just I think it's why uh, I. And have just been enjoying it so much. I've only been ocean swimming really for about the last three, four years, um, but man, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. And the more I swim, the more adventures I have.
1: I was just looking back at some of the um, oh, one of your messages from uh, when was I think it was March or something when you first uh, got in touch. And uh, there's a couple of other swims that you've got that you've got planned, which are quite adventurous swims as well. Uh, do you want to talk a, a bit about those other ones that you've got? Planned over the next year or two. Uh,
0: well, actually, they were <laughs> okay. So um, the this uh, English this winter Channel swim uh, was a very secretive swim because it was it was a record attempt. Uh, you know, the record for the latest swim in the year was third of November, uh, and you know there I was on the fourth of December trying to smash that record. <laughs> uh, there were there were a couple two or three people around the world that I knew that if they caught wind of it, they would be able to have a crack and be that first person to attempt a winter swim. So uh, I was originally training for a double channel crossing uh, in July next year, and so uh, because of that, you know, my fitness was fitness was right up. But when I s- saw the opportunity only about three months ago for this winter channel swim. Uh, that's where I, I changed my attempt at doing a double right. to this winter channel swim. So, yeah, so it was basically three months of secrecy. My <laughs> my training team and support team were all sworn to secrecy. Uh, everybody was still talking about, um, you know, everybody's asking, how's your training coming along for your double? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it was all a bit of a, uh, a sort of smoke and mirrors, so to speak, to keep the uh, keep this winter channel swim a secret until until uh, the news broke.
1: Yeah, understandable. And uh, you were talking about uh, is is it still something you want to do to do a a, a marathon forty two k's swimming? Is that still? Oh, on yeah,
0: the cards? I reckon, I reckon that'd be a great one. See, I uh, you know living here on the Sunshine Coast, a beautiful piece of coast is from from Bar to Noosa. And it turns out that it's actually 42 kilometers by swimming, nobody's ever swum that mm-hmm. one. Uh, all the marathon swims pretty much are uh, across channels where the entire time you don't see anything apart from open water. Whereas this one, uh, I just thought how great it would be to swim this 42 k's and actually being able to look at something, being able to look at the coast the entire time. Uh, and because it, it's such a beautiful coastline, it's really yeah. quite um, untouched. You know, you've seen all the sand dunes and things such as you know icons like Mount Coulomb and also Noosa National Park. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that uh, definitely going to do that one. That I reckon that's just going to be a beautiful one. Also, there's a another one that um, I'm eyeing off, which is around Great Keppel. Um, yeah, I swim up there, and I think we're looking at that. Uh, I think it's August um july or august i can't recall
1: what's the uh, distance on that one
0: that's about 20ks yeah yeah but i just you know what a what a beautiful place to swim that would yeah. be so there's so many you know i'm starting to use open water swimming as uh a new way to uh to seek adventure and to see uh to see things that nobody's seen before uh and you know there's a lot of people who are starting to join me and in these swims, just because you know they want to see <laughs> what I'm seeing, and you know to see all this wildlife and uh, you know sort of all the turtles and the you know the stingrays and dolphins and you know sort of wobbegong sharks and those kinds of things, they're just it's absolutely remarkable uh, to be in their environment uh, and at the same time just doing something that you know. 99.9 percent of the population hasn't ever done before
1: there's really something to i like looking at a map and going oh cool like i, I ran from here to here or i swam from here to here and and just kind of seeing that that, that that's possible and especially like because have you done the the rip swimming here in melbourne where you go across the heads there no the grant see the organizers so i did that two years ago i think it was and um that Was that was a really cool experience and felt like a real adventure out there because you've got these big ships going past and the spirit of oh, Tasmania wow. going you know 100 meters in front and and all these big you know ships and and it's really really deep there so um just couldn't see the bottom at all and it just really felt like you're out in the, the middle of nowhere and uh and yeah after that like the adrenaline for me was just pumping and I just felt like I was just really it took me about an hour to really calm down from that swim because I think just, you know, the adrenaline and the whole the whole experience had really just, um, you know, it really just sort of stirred something in me where I thought, shit, that was really exciting. And yes. uh, and then, so if you're looking at the map from Noosa to Malulabar Bar and, you know, such an awesome piece of coast, and you know, we've got a, two camps up in Noosa next year um, in 2020 where, yeah, it's just, it's so it's so nice there. And, you know, if you look at that bit of coast and you look at that on the map and you go, I actually swam from, all the way around that's a pretty cool thing and you know the good thing about this stuff is you can be creative with it too there's no there's no rules around what um you know constitutes a an exciting swim like obviously the English Channel you have got the rules and all of that stuff to um, make the swim count but that's the, that's a good thing about open water swimming there's so many possibilities that it's really up to you and what you want to do and what you want to achieve and um and you know you can make you can make it up all on your own which is which is what you're doing by the sounds of it
0: yeah, Oh, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, uh, what was it, July, doing an ice mile up in the snowy mountains um, at Lake Krakenback. And, you know, that was ridiculous. That was 3.9 degrees water and, uh, and it was snowing when I swam. But, you know, it, once again, you put the work in, things are achievable. I only started ocean swimming, you know, not long ago. And I reckon probably about three, four years ago, if someone said I had to go and do a 1K ocean race, um, i would probably say that it was about 950 metres too far. Hmm. Um, but I uh, I really had this dream of swimming the English Channel. All my life, you know, I've grown up with, you know, seeing, you know, English Channel swimmers like, you know, Cece Moroni and Heard of Des Renford and, you know, all these guys that, uh, it just seemed so mystical, uh, and I watched, I reckon, every YouTube clip of uh, people swimming in the English Channel. And I just thought, you know, I want to do that, and I found found a coach, and I started getting in the ocean. And in the space of uh, what two years, three years, there I was swimming in the English Channel. Um, hmm. You know, swimming in the English Channel is the Everest of of open water swimming, uh, and it's possible. But even you know, getting out and doing say, 5K swims or, you know, 10Ks, those kinds of things, you know, you go at your pace and you go at at your level of fitness and expertise and you just, the idea is to get out there and enjoy it. You know, if, if you're racing, it's hard. But if you're not out there racing and the aim is just to finish that swim, then it can be such a beautiful experience and, you know, really enjoyable. But, you know, you can work up to these, to these big swims uh you know in the space of a year or so
1: that's what i like about your well, i guess you're reflecting back on your on the swim a couple of weeks or last week was uh that it's you're, you're happy to you're really enjoying the journey by the looks of it it's not mm. it's not about the destination and that's and really that's that's where the enjoyment comes from because if you if you don't make the crossing it's like well the last you know however many months have been a failure it's like well no not at all it's like the end result It'd be great to get there, but in reality, it's like it's those open water swims. It's that mental toughness that you've built up. It's the the things yeah. you've seen out in the ocean. That's what really uh, you know can stick with you and can, and can make uh, is is what makes life enjoyable. It's not about hitting those those goals along the way, even though they are nice to do. It's uh it's it's a small smaller part of the the entire thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The journey is probably ninety nine percent of the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, getting out and doing the event, whether it's English Channel or Ice Mile or something like that, uh, it's almost like the victory lap. You know, it's it's just the end part, more of a formality of starting that moment. Um, but the uh, you know the whole journey, whether it's you know a year or two years, however long it is, uh, that's the most rewarding part. Knowing that you're standing on the on the shores of of England about to start on that swim and knowing how much work you put into it, how, you know, all the effort, the, you know, the discipline and, you know, but also the sacrifices that you've had to make to get to that point. Uh, it's personally such a, a brilliant experience to have. Uh, you know, when I started, when I first signed up to do uh, the English Channel, I uh, I uh, first person I contacted was Trent Grimsey who, you know, coaches people for uh, to make English channel crossings. And he gave me my program and uh, I looked at this thing. It was, you know, really quite daunting. But I just said, well, you know, if this really is my dream, then I have to do, do the training. And for me, that was going to be the real test. Can I dedicate myself to getting out of bed, you know, five mornings a week, Doing what Trent Grimsey tells me to do, uh, and if I can do that, yes, I'll. You know, I know that the man will deliver me um, to the to the shores of England. And sure enough, you know, with the right coach, I I did exactly what he told me to do, um, and it worked. You know, it was just, and I am so proud of myself for for being disciplined and dedicated to following. The program and you know, let's face it. It's why you have a coach, you know to to some for someone to tell you what to do um, But you know when you're paying a coach money um, You know, what's the point if you don't if you don't do what they say?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right No, It, it doesn't take much accountability to have you actually follow through on things like a A friend of mine has just started on program she's uh doing triathlons started on program with uh with a coach and the first session was a swim session that she had to do and wasn't feeling good at all that day was feeling kind of sick wanted to get out but the the thought in her mind was like she got halfway through the session and would would have otherwise gotten out but the thought in her mind was i don't want to be this to be the first session that i have with the coach and to tell him that i actually had to get out of the pool that i got out of the pool because i wasn't feeling well um so it's just yeah it doesn't take a lot to really just help you sort of follow through with those things and and that can either be just entering an event like once i'd entered RotNest, i started the training and and i didn't sort of you know i wasn't going to to cut myself short that way and uh it's just in the back of your mind it's like oh i've got that coming up i need to do it so as soon as there's some some sort of accountability there or some sort of like you know deadline or you've booked in like it that's what can really Make you follow through with things, and um, yeah, and you know the difference between ha- having something there that, that's coming up compared to not having something yeah. set in stone. It's like, well, I could go to the pool, or I could just you know keep watching the end of this TV series. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't take a whole lot.
0: Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I use my uh, my sort of goals as my massive motivator. Mm. You know, I uh, swim at uh, Kiwana Pool under a coach called Michael Sage, who's the Australian Open water coach. And so um, you can imagine that the sets we do are, are pretty massive. But the kids that I swim with, you know, the 15 to 20 year olds, you know, they all race at nationals. There's probably five, six of them on the Australian Dolphins team, and I'm the I'm the slow old bloke at the end of the lane. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but you know, every single session I reckon that I have that I've had there. Um, you know four days a week, I just want to stop and make some excuse to hop out of the pool, uh, but when that those thoughts start to go through my head, um, I start to visualize why I'm there, you know and it, you know it's to swim the channel um, and I also say, I've got this phrase that goes around my head almost every day. I didn't come this far, I only come this far." You know, I haven't done the last three months of training just to quit now um, you know and if if you quit now you're going to make an excuse for next time you're going to keep quitting uh, and so I've I've never quit a session um, you know I've never tried to take a shortcut uh, and uh, yeah just you just need to stop yourself from quitting and the more you get in the pool or out in the ocean, or you know, if it's running, the more you get out running, um, the more you teach yourself not to quit. You know, the the amount of times that I want to quit um, doesn't reduce, but uh, it's easier to talk myself into continuing on, and putting the effort in, uh, and you know, to the point of you know, I can suppress that side of me which is wanting to stop as opposed to the part that you know wants to really soldier on and you know achieve better
1: yeah and we're um and it it sort of builds up you get that momentum going with your with your training and how you're feeling and it just yeah it's easy to get out of bed it's uh and you're just in the habit of of having those successful habits i guess or traits they just continue to to build up and uh and and that only makes it easier it's like you know if you haven't been training for a few weeks it's very hard to get up those, those five o'clock starts for, at the start, but as soon as that's like three, four weeks in, much easier to do. So it's um, it helps once you've got that that ball rolling. Well, uh, Sam, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast. And for any, anyone who wants to learn more about um, what you're doing or keep in touch, where's the best place for them to go?
0: Oh, uh, uh, Either my website, sampenny.com, or my Facebook page, which is uh, Sam Penny Middle-Aged Bloke and Swim Good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good. I'm sure there's only one page uh, called that. So that will be easy to find. And uh, <laughs> and we'll provide a link uh, on our website as well in the, in the show notes here. So Sam, thanks again and all the best with your swimming. And I'm sure I'll uh, uh, see you somewhere up on the sunny coast in the next uh, next couple of months.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Brenton.
1: Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer,
0: go to www.effortlessswimming.com.